Well, last Sunday was, uh, for me, was pretty exciting because uh, I think it was all in the second service, by the way. Not that this is inferior service or anything, but uh, there were three healings. And now, uh, was one in the first, was it? Yeah. One in the first one, sorry. So this is a superior service then. <laughs> hey, they're all equal, all right, they're all equal. So, um, so one in the nine and two at 11. And uh, the one that really excited me was a person at the end of this, a person just yelled out, I've been healed, my ear, my ear, that had pain in the ear uh, for, for quite some time. And during the service, when we were just going after, well, I don't know what part of the service happened, uh, but suddenly God just touched them and healed them. Uh, in the second service was a person, we talked to them, my wife talked to them afterwards, had some really real bad back pains, uh, I think the upper back area, and again, during the service, they were moving around and, you know, demonstrating all the pain had gone. And then there was another person that uh, had uh, some rib, rib damage or rib pain, and by the end of the service, that pain was gone as well. And then we got another one, that, another person that uh, emailed into us, and I just want to get the details of this one right, and they said that they had upper, uh, no, they had um, a trapped nerve in the neck, uh, causing pain to shoot up their right arm, and pins and needles also in their right hand. The doctor said you're going to need a CAT scan, and you'll probably need surgery as well. They went forward for prayer uh, in the service, and uh, then they woke up one morning, and they said they were completely healed, no symptoms at all. You know, we've been going after the power of God, and I've noticed this, that whatever you go after is what you get. You know, where the energy goes, the power flows. If you put energy into the power of God, then the power of God starts to flow. And uh, we're going to just see so much more of this, and I'm really excited. You know, I, I just, I, I love it when people get, actually, I'm always believing that during a service, the music, the worship, the preaching, that some, and, or the after service, someone's going to have a moment, someone's going to get healed, someone's going to get set free, someone's going to have a revelation, someone's going to see an angel, or whatever it might be. Somebody, who, who's up for this stuff, by the way, folks? Would you rather just dead, boring services when nothing happens? <laughs> you know, I mean, hey, I'm past that, uh, so we want to see God do it. But a key to all of this, and really what I want to speak about again this morning, is that if we want to see more of this, we've just got to increase in prayer, and we've got to increase in prayer with faith. Okay, it's not just prayer. It's something I think God's been showing me for years. He said, you've just been satisfied praying, praying, praying. But really, that's good, but it's not enough. You've got to add the faith dimension into your praying. Because when you do that, that's when you see the answers. It's really interesting when you look at the Bible, uh, how often it talks about prayer. In fact, you open up the Bible, which I'm sure you still do on your phone or somewhere, and I think you get to Genesis as a chapter 4, verse 26. Right at the beginning, it says, Then men began to call upon the name of the Lord. And if you go to the final book, who knows, what's the final book of the Bible? Anyone know? Revelation? Some of you didn't know, did you? <laughs> just, just open it up and go to the last page, you'll find it there. Uh, but it ends, the, almost the last verse is, uh, Come Lord Jesus. So it's like the Bible opens with prayer and it closes with prayer. And here's the point here, is whatever God makes prominent in his word should be prominent in our lives. Why should it be prominent? Why does God make it so prominent? Because he knows that we all have great need of prayer and to see prayer answers, to get through all our challenges 
in life. How many of you have a few challenges? Well, you don't have to raise your hand. I mean, we all have them. So prayer, we know, is the key to the answer to all of that. We're going to have a great need of it in our lives. So Luke, Luke 6, verse 12, this is about Jesus. This is amazing. He went out into a mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. Have you ever thought about this? That God had to pray. God had to pray. Like, he's got all power, all authority, all anointing. As the God man upon the earth, he had to pray. You'd think if anyone could go without praying, it would have to be Jesus. Does that be right? And yet he prayed more than any of us. <laughs> Again, demonstrating that prayer is absolutely essential, critical, vital to live the Christian life, to see answers, to see breakthroughs, to walk with God, to have a godly life, to not fall away from the Lord. Prayer is a cornerstone. Prayer is essential. And even Jesus spent the whole night in prayer, praying for you, <laughs> praying for me. And so I want us to try and, I'm trying to persuade us, <laughs> but I can't persuade you. I need God to persuade you of how important prayer really is. But he modeled prayer for us to observe it. One of the things that may inspire us to pray, I'm not sure it will, but you've got to learn to pray now before you really need prayer. Because when the crisis and conflict comes, it's too late to learn to pray at that point in time. I was talking to a person a while ago not long ago, and they had a major crisis. And uh, out of their own lips, they said to me, my problem was I had neglected prayer. Yeah. And when the crisis hit me, I struggled. Wow. I struggled to make it through. We've got to learn to pray now Get this muscle strong because I've got bad news for you. <laughs> Who wants some bad news? <laughs> There's some really challenging days ahead. Oh, yeah. Ungodly laws are being passed left, right, and center. You know, gender issues, hate speech, you know, declaring what's in this Bible, all that sort of stuff. Persecution is coming. Someone said to me the other day, they said, Tark, as you're preaching to your congregation, frame it around this concept. How will they stand under intense persecution? Get them ready. Get depth into their lives. So come what may, they're going to stand strong in the Lord. Anyone getting persuaded that we need to pray? <laughs> we need to learn to pray, and we need to learn to do it now. So there was a, a, a Christian man who was a, a composer and a songwriter, singer, I think, as well, or musician or something like that. And um, anyway, he got into all kinds of trouble. Finances were in free fall. He was at risk of debtor's prison, and it literally paralyzed him. I think all down his right side, he was paralyzed. Let me get the, the details right. He couldn't move anything. He couldn't walk. He couldn't feel anything on his right side. He was ready to give up. So he turned to much prayer and crying out to God and decided to try writing music one more time. George 
Frederick Handel wrote the Messiah, considered the greatest piece of sacred music ever written. But here's my point. Imagine if he didn't know how to pray. When the crisis came, he would never have fulfilled the mandate of God upon his life. So we need to learn to pray now <laughs> before we need to know how to truly pray. I remember reading another story years ago about this uh, couple and their family went into mega crisis. And the wife said to the husband, she said, honey, you have got to pray. You have got to pray. You've got to pray now. And you know what his answer was? He said, he said to his wife, he said, sorry, darling. He said, I left the prayer altar many years ago. I don't know how to pray effectively. The family just, I don't know what happened to the family. They're sad testimonies, aren't they? But we don't want it to be true of you or true of me. We've got to learn to pray and pray now. And also with that, <laughs> just a little clue here. Make sure you're connected with other people who can pray for you. So when you need it, there's, have you, ask the person next to you, have you got people who are going to pray for you? Just ask them. <laughs> oh, it's gone very quiet now. People too scared to ask that question. And you're saying, Pastor, how can I get that? How, I've got no one who's going to pray for me if I'm in a crisis. I've got nobody. How can I get that? I'll tell you how right now. You ready? Join a small group. Join a small group and get people to pray for you because you're going to need it somewhere along the line. You know, the lack of prayer in the Western church must be one of the greatest tragedies of our time. One of the greatest tragedies upon the planet today is a lack of prayer in the Western church. Because if the Western church was praying, the world wouldn't be in the condition it is today. Our nation would not be in the condition it is today. And so, you know, <laughs> people, I'm just chatting this morning, is that right? Just chatting away. Um, people today, when they're looking for a church, a lot of them base it on the, the music, on the preaching, on the building, <laughs> maybe on friends, <laughs> all good reasons, but really, it should be based on the level of prayer that's in that church. You say, well, what a minute, Pastor, why? Well, because if you base it on music and preaching, that would be fine if, that's what was to it, if that was the identity of church, but it's not. Jesus said, my house, Mark eleven seventeen, shall be a house of prayer for all nations. So if you want to join a real genuine church, <laughs> find one that prays. And I'm sure there are plenty of them around, but it's important, isn't it, we come back to what church is actually all about because when prayer is strong, then the church is going to be strong. So the disciples asked Jesus in uh, Luke 11, verse 1 to 2, teach us to pray. And he said to them, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven. I want you to note something here. He didn't say, my Father in heaven. He said, pray, our Father in heaven. What does that mean? There must be more than one person praying. So we've got to pray on our own, but we've got to pray with others because when we pray with others, we can fulfill a Luke 11 verse 2. And we can say, our Father who art in heaven, we join together, united in prayer. 
And one of the reasons a lot of Christians don't get breakthroughs is they don't unite enough with other people in prayer. Because the Bible, you know, because when we pray with others and in prayer meetings, the prayer power release is significantly uh, higher than when we pray on our own. And the scripture I want to give you for that is Mark, Matthew 11, Matthew 18, 19. I say to you that if two agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. When two agree, pray on your own. Yes, absolutely. Pray with others. Exponential increase of power. And you're going to see more miracles, breakthroughs, healings, and answers to your prayers. James 5.16 puts it this way. Pray for one another. Pray for one another. When we shift, when we shift from God help me, bless me, heal me, set me free, deliver me, minister to me, anoint me, and start praying kingdom prayers, start praying for others, God bless them, start praying for revival, start praying for the church, that's when you're going to start to see more of your own prayers answered. When your focus goes beyond self to others, and I think it's time for all of us not to just pray for ourselves, but let's go beyond ourselves. Who rings? That's a good idea. Pray for others. Pray for the church. Pray for the nation. Pray for revival. Pray out there. Thank you for that. Amen. I think I heard one there somewhere. So if you are in a desperate place and it's all about you praying for yourself, that's okay. That's fine. You're desperate. By all means, pray for yourself. But there's got to come a point (laughs) when you cross the line beyond praying just for yourself and start praying beyond yourself into other things. So yeah, pray for yourself by all means, but don't live there forever. Because when we do, friends, when we, uh, how how would I put this? If we have a um, consumer-based Christianity, you know, when it's all about me, and it's all about us, what happened? The world starves. It starves for light. It starves for food. It starves for, for hope. It starves for, its, uh, for the future God, God has for it. The world starves. So we, if we're just consumer-based as, as individuals, as a church, we neglect the broken world that's out there. We've got to shift from consumer-based church, where it's all about me, all about us, to, hey, actually, it's all about them, because that's where the greatest need is, go into all the world and tell them, give them the food they need, give them hope, give them light, give them truth, give them a sense of future. Anybody with me this morning? Thank you. So talking about prayer, now this is something you've heard me say a few times, but I'm going to say it again. We cannot be content without answers to prayer. You, you, can't, you just don't go there. <laughs> you just say, do what I do. I say, God, you said, if I ask, I'm going to receive. You said, if I call, you're going to answer. You said, if I pray, you're going to come through for me. God, honor your word. And then I'll quote the verses back to God. I said, God, you said right here, you know, uh, knock and it shall be opened unto you. Seek and you will find. God, where's the answers? I found God loves it when I do that. It's kind of like he smiled. Oh, come on, son. <laughs> I love it. You actually believe what I've said. You actually believe that I am a man of my word. And so God comes through. So do not be content without answers to your prayers. In fact, 
There's a scripture here for you, uh, Romans 12, verse 12. Rejoice in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer. So, you know, really our prayers cannot be ineffective, especially if we add a bit of faith to it, because you've planted the seed. All right, you're praying for something, it's like planting a seed. What are you praying for right now? I just want you to think of it as a seed. It's been planted in the ground for that situation. Just keep watering that seed. The law of the harvest, seed time and harvest. You gotta do it. So they did a, a spin, the Spinthrift organization, a scientific group, they did an experiment. So they planted rice seeds in two similar plots. So let's say rice seeds in this plot here and rice seeds in this plot here, all right? And then they started, right, exactly the same soil, everything's the same. So they prayed over this rice seed, all right? But they didn't pray over that one. They found that the rice seeds here germinated better and faster on this plot. So they thought, let's switch it around. So they got another two plots, similar plots, or the similar plots, and then they left that one, and they went over to this one and said, right, we're going to ignore that one, we're going to pray now over this plot. And then they found this one that was prayed for, that the seeds germinated faster and better. And they conclude, science concluded, prayer works. So you've planted some seeds, right? Yep. In your situation. Keep watering it. Yep. Just keep watering it. Yeah. It's got to bear fruit. That's right. The answer has got to come. Because that's the law, one of the laws of the universe is seed time and harvest. You sow the seed, you go and ask a farmer. Just say, hey, look, if I plant some seeds and I look after them, will I get a harvest? He'll say, 100% you will. I believe it's very similar and the same in church. Max Licato said this, when we work, we work. But when we pray, God works. Here's a question. How many of you would reckon that when God works, it's gonna have more results than when you work? Some of you are persuaded about that. When you pray, God works. You know, so much of what I see happen I feel a bit of a fraud, actually, because <laughs> I see all this stuff happen, and people look and say, oh, wow, look what he's doing. But I know it's actually not me. I know it's because I'm praying, God does these amazing things. Because when I pray, God works. Because guess what? I've made a decision. I'm going to pray more. Who reckons that's pretty smart? You know? For, for a young Indian from a little village in India. Right? He's smart. He's smart. He's decided to pray more. Just tell the person next to you, why don't you pray more? Just ask them, just ask them nicely. I mean, seriously, why, why wouldn't you? You want God to work for you? I'm sure you do. It's real simple. I'll drink to that. <laughs> That's such a good point. Look, this is really simple teaching this morning. I hope you don't mind. Billy Graham put it this way. Satan will contest every hour you want to spend in Bible reading or prayer. Satan will contest every single hour. He's got one mission. When you get out of bed, he's got one mission. He's got to stop you praying. And he's got to stop you reading your Bible. So when your, when your feet hit the floor, 
The enemy, the, the armies, the hordes of hell, there are, the demons are all in progress. They're in action. They say, oh, here's a born-again believer. Man, if he starts to pray, we are in serious trouble. If he gets into the Word of God, my faith is going to rise. Things are going to start happening. Come on, come on, demons. Gather around them. Stop him praying. Stop him reading the Bible. Thank you for that overwhelming response on that point. <laughs> Do you get it? Do you get it? Is he succeeding with you? No, he's not, is he? Ask the person next to you, is he succeeding with you? <laughs> oh, I don't people, people say, why do you always ask people to talk to the person next to you? To wake them up. <laughs> Seriously, to wake them up. I mean, who wants to hear about prayer? Not many people. I've got to keep you awake, so I use every trick in the book. <laughs> Imagine next time say, ask someone this sound is going. Oh, so it's, it has happened. <laughs> has it happened to you? I would love to ask a question. Please don't raise your hands. How many of you have fallen asleep during my preaching? Do not raise your hands. <laughs> Actually, I know the ones who have. Can I read out the names right here? <laughs> I want to give you four reasons why, four more reasons why you should pray. Number one, it empties your heart of cares. I wonder how many of you have got cares. I wonder how many of you have got worries. Philippians 4, 6-7, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Then what happens? Peace of God which passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. It's a phenomenal verse. If you've got a worry in your life, if you've got a care in your life, if you've got some concern in your life, here's the deal. Do you want to live worried all the time? Do you want to go to bed anxious all the time? No, no. The Bible says, you know, bring your prayer to God. Bring it to God. Okay, cast it all upon him. And then as you do that, with thanksgiving, and then he says, what? What's going to happen? Peace. Peace is going to come. You might not say full peace. peace. <laughs> you might not have full peace, but you're going to have more peace. You know, I was doing this yesterday. I just had to do it yesterday. Well, I don't know if I have to do it all the time, quite frankly, um, because there's so many things. Because when you, it, it empties your heart. You see, if we don't pray, we're going to keep collecting this baggage, these worries, these stresses, these frustrations, more than we can handle. And then we start collapsing, and we start crashing out. But to, see, the Bible says, no, no, don't do that. Take it to God. Take it to God. Tell him about your concern. You might think, well, I don't know about that. Is it going to do anything? I'm telling you, the Bible, this book works. It actually works. Anyone else believe this book? It works. This book actually works. What it says, if you just put a bit of faith behind that as well, because what I do is I'll pray through this, and then I'll say, now, God, you said, if I do this, you're going to give me peace. Come on, God. Where is it? And then he honors it, because he has to honor his word. If you believe it, he has to honor it. 
And so that's what I do. So the thing is, it says here, you know, the Bible says a pure in heart will see God. Right, we know that verse. Pure is the word catharsis. Catharsis, which means to clean out. The pure in heart will see God. Catharsis. The more you clean out your heart through prayer, giving me anxieties, giving me worries, giving me frustrations, then you're going to see God work. See, the pure in heart, it's not just holiness of heart. I mean, that's a big part of it, but it's also having your heart getting rid of all the rubbish and all the baggage that is there. Secondly, second reason I reckon you should pray is <laughs> you're saying to God, I'm dependent on you. You know, it's easy to work in our own strength, and it doesn't work. And, uh, but when, you, you can know how much you depend on yourself and your abilities and gifts and how much you depend on God by how much you pray. That's a perfect indicator. So if you pray a lot, then... <laughs> Like me, pray a reasonable amount. I'm so dependent on God. But when you see dependence is power. The more you're dependent on God, the more He works for you. I mean, this is I mean, it's so it's so awesome. I'm I'm preaching myself to ecstasy right now. I mean, really, I'm, I'm thinking, man, I'm glad I pray because wow, all this stuff that I'm saying, it's well, hopefully God's saying some of it, but apart from me is. But I give you is not much worth much, but what God's saying is really worth something. But that's what happens, you see. You, God, if, you're not, if you depend on God, you just release his power to work for you. You know, God, God has a way of um, uh, bringing us to the end of ourselves. So he lets us rev up our engines in the starting blocks until we overheat and shut down because we're just trying so hard. God says, now... I've got you where I want you. Depend on me and watch me work. Here's a word for most of us here today. Stop trying to do it all yourself and start depending on God and watch him work for you. Dependence is power. And as you more you depend on God, and how do you know you're depending on God? Is you are praying and you're asking God to help you which I think we all need to do on a regular basis. We need to do it every day. So, in every area of your life, family, finances, work, business, whatever it is, to do it well, you don't have all the answers, do you? No, you don't. But you just have to connect with the one who does. God has the answers. If you connect with him, he will help you in every area of your life. Prayer basically says, I know who God is. I know he has the answers. I have his address. When I need help, I go to him. Number three, prayer will guide you into God's plans and God's blessings for your life. Watch this, Proverbs 3, verse 6. In all your ways... Acknowledge him, prayer, and he shall direct your paths. Jonah, see, prayer is the key to guidance. If you acknowledge God, he can guide you. Jonah teaches us what happens if you don't pray for direction and guidance. He ended up in the belly of a whale. He ended up in a storm because he proceeded without asking God to guide him and direct him. See, prayer is the key to divine guidance. Prayer is the key to making right decisions. 
And too often we make decisions without prayer. We make a decision based on our natural thinking, our natural ability, our natural insight, our natural intelligence and understanding. But we can easily, so often we can get it wrong. So, you know, why, why not pray and ask God? Because you can see to the corner, right? You can see to the corner, but God can see what's around the corner. So when you pray, he's going to give you wisdom based on what he can see around the corner, which you actually can't presently see yourself. And so we need to pray. We need divine guidance. We need to pray, I believe, friends, in every area of our lives. So here's the, here's, here's the area I want you to think. See, praying brings your life into line with God's will. That's a similar. There's a thought for you. Do you want to do the will of God for your life? Do you want to know his perfect will for your life? Pray. Pray, 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 pray. And he will align your heart with his will. And when you're doing his will, you're going to know the favor and the blessing of God. It, you know, someone said the key to life is one word, prayer. It's the key to life, one of the greatest keys to life. So can I suggest to you that you need to pray before you apply for a job? Everyone said? Yeah. Not because it's the right title and the right salary and the right office and the whatever else comes with it. No, 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 no. That's a natural humanistic decision. You need to pray and say, God, where do you, what's the job you have got for me? It's not even location. It's what you've got, you've got to pray before you uh, apply for a job, before you buy a house. Hopefully you're going to be able to do that, but you need to pray so you actually get the right house. Adrian and I have got the right house. We know that because we prayed and we tried a lot of other things that didn't work. Here's a big one. You need to pray when you're looking for a marriage partner. <laughs> Don't just pray for a marriage partner. Pray for the right marriage partner. Pray. It's so important. You don't want to get that one wrong, do you? Do you? Everyone's just saying, people are saying to me, I already got that one wrong. <laughs> no, 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 you didn't. You didn't get it wrong. I hope. <laughs> Moving on, next point. <laughs> that one's too close to the bone, isn't it? Uh, you need to pray. Here's a big one. So you can handle hurt. So you can handle an offense. You need to pray. If you don't pray, you won't have it in you to deal with those things. You're going to end up bitter. Unforgiving, losing your way in God. So you need to pray to handle all of these things, different attitudes. You need, you need to pray to have a right to forgive. You need to pray. If, you, you're, if you're a prayer, you'll be able to forgive, by the way. If you're not a prayer, ooh, you might find it really hard to forgive because it takes a lot of energy to do that. Um, so pray. Pray to have right attitudes. Number four, fourth one, last one. Prayer develops a deeper walk with God. I think to me that's probably the best of all. You just get closer to God. And ultimately the greatest goal in life is to get closer to God because everything comes out of your relationship with him. Um, John 15, you know, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Uh, without me you can do nothing. So cultivate the friendship of God more than the friendship of people. You got that one? Cultivate the friendship of God more than the friendship of people. 
You say, well, how do I do that? Well, how do you cultivate a friendship with a person? You talk to them. You spend time with them. That's all you've got to do. Initially, you may feel like there's no one there, nothing's happening. Just keep at it. Keep at it, and eventually, you'll develop a greater friendship with God, hopefully, than a, than a greater friendship with people that you have around you. And it all comes back to, to praying and talking to God. So let's not just talk to God, tell him all our problems, all our struggles, all our requests, and then hang up the phone. You know, imagine, <laughs> imagine you ring somebody up on your phone, and you just tell them all your needs, all your problems. Hey, look, I'm going through this, I'm going through that. Would you do this for me? Would you do that for me? Would you do this? Da-da-da-da-da-da-da. See you later. And then put the phone down. How many of you would do that? Do any of you still do that? Is that still, is that still current, is it? So you ring people up, you just unload all your problems for 15 minutes, and then you put the phone down. <coughs> they don't give them a chance to... Do we do that to God? Just tell them all our issues, all our struggles, all our battles, and then go a merry way? Or do we wait and listen? Here's a thought for you. Which is more important, what you've got to say to God or what God's got to say to you? Who would vote for the first one? Who would vote for the second one? Who have no vote? <laughs> all right, I'm finished, nearly. The history of the church is this. When prayer is strong, the work of God advances and Christians know victory. When prayer in the church is weak, the church struggles and Christians struggle and they do not know victory. The church now must become a house of prayer. That's really what my message is to you today. We've, we've got to do this. Justin Welby, I want to re repeat his quote because I think it's so powerful. Without prayer, there'll be no renewal of the church. Without a renewal of the church, there is little, very little hope for the world, for New Zealand, for Auckland, for your street. Can I say that again? Without prayer, there will be no renewal of the church. Without a renewal of the church, there is very little hope for your suburb, for our city, for our nation. I don't know what else can stir us to pray. I don't know what else I can say. Do we watch the nation just go completely down a black hole? Or will we stand up and do something? It's in our power. It's in our power. We can change the narrative of this city, of this nation. Well, I know we can do it. I can't do it on my own, but I know that together we can change the narrative. The church needs to be revived. And once we get the church revived, we're going to ha have a chance to see our nation transformed. I'm on a mission from God to make the church, our church, and the Church of New Zealand, a house of prayer. If you will increase in prayer in your own life, you're going to see a whole lot more answers. My final challenge is musicians would come. <clears throat> Make a decision. Make a choice. That your highest priority in life will right up the top there is to strengthen your prayer. To be, learn to pray more than you currently pray.
And when we do that, friends, the results will far exceed any other goal that you might have. Your whole future, your whole future, my whole future, the future of the church and the future of our nation depends on our prayers. It's time to rebuild the altar of prayer in our lives, in our homes, in the church. And if we do, we will open up the heavens. We will unlock tremendous blessing and breakthrough and miracles in your life. We will see the church revive. And we will turn this city, this nation back to Jesus. My house, my house, my house, says God, will be a house of prayer for all nations in Jesus' name. Amen.